This is the Pulse of New Hampshire. Happy New Year from all of us at the Pulse of New Hampshire. We certainly hope that 2024 becomes a fruitful and beneficial time of your life, year for you. Joining me right now, as I am J-Dog, is a true renaissance man, in addition to being an advocate for education as well as above-the-neck health, uh, mental health as well, well-being, wellness in general, as well as being an author. He is also an entrepreneur. He is also... Uh, Eddie Popowski's number one fan. He is an avid skier. He is an avid runner. As I said, a renaissance man. Also a swell dra- dresser, a neat dancer, and also a doting grandfather, loving husband, and fantastic father. The president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental and the host of Northeast Delta Dental Radio. He is Mr. Tom Raphael. Tom, how are you? Good, Jay. How are you doing in this new good. year? Doing good for the new year so far. That's good. Well, you mentioned a lot of things in there. Skiing is very relevant for the, today's guest and also completed uh, on on the Millennium Running on New Year's Day. That was about my 100th race, r- foot race for the year. But I'm in uh, skiing mode now. And that's a great uh, segue um, into introducing today's guest, uh, Cindy Burlack. Um, who is the chairperson and co-founder of Brass Avalanche. Cindy, thank you for joining me on on Northeast Delta Dental Radio. You're welcome. It's great to be here. It's great to have you back. We we had you a year or so ago. So I think uh, to level set the audience, what is Brass? And take your time explaining the background on Brass. Okay, Brass is the Bryce and Ronnie Athlete Snow Safety and we called it an athlete snow safety because it refers to ski racers because Ronnie was my son and Bryce was our friend's son. And the two of them were skiing together. They're both US ski team members and they were in Austria and they went out to do some free skiing because the training got called off and there was no information about the dangers of uh, any snow accumulation or our avalanches. And it happened that they wandered into an area which was on in this in the area of the, uh, the within the boundaries of the ski area where they were, which was sold in Austria, and they were um, swept up in an avalanche. And Bryce and Ronnie passed away. So we started a foundation out of our grief, out of trying to find some forward momentum at a time where it's very hard to find that. And understanding that there are great dangers in the snow and there's very little education accessible to the everyday person and the ski racers who are around snow so much. So that's why we started Brass. So I just want to thank you for taking, a, obviously, a huge loss. I know I think this is... I think the ninth anniversary of Ronnie's passing and like you said, moving it forward to hopefully prevent this from happening um, to others. So you started, how has Brass evolved since uh, 2017, you know, when it, when it started? Well, we weren't exactly sure how we would present avalanche education, but uh, we started out with a great deal of um, in-person programs with ski academies and college ski teams around the East mostly. Uh, We did some out West, had, had avalanche professionals come in and talk to these groups. But then COVID hit and we went to online learning, which was actually made it possible for us to reach out to so many more people. So uh, we went basically from in-person programs, about an hour, hour and a half programs, which are unusual because most avalanche courses are three days and ours were all free. 
So we've moved from that and we're still doing some in person, but we are also doing online programs. We do three in the fall and they are all found online. Actually, I think we did two this year online at our website, brassavalanche.org. You go onto the uh, that website and you click on education. We also have a video that we made, a 13-minute high-quality video that is um, describes the accident that they that uh, where the boys succumbed, and is very short, but it also includes some of the major points of snow safety. So it's a really good, quick way of getting an overview. So our you know we really are working hard to make avalanche safety accessible to people, both financially and time-wise. So you mentioned um, COVID kind of pivoted you into some more online courses. Um, and, and of course, that same pivot, you know, most organizations had, had to go through as well. So in some sort of ironic way, then you now have, you know, more access to people when everything before was in-person training. Would you say that well, nobody liked COVID. That may, may be the one good element that came out of it is you have a, a, a broader audience. We do have a broader audience and we are um, do look at the, the bright side of that terrible uh, time that we all went through and with so many losses. But we also recognize that in-person learning uh, for anything is superior to online learning. So we continue to do the in-person classes. We strive to present to um, our groups, including the US ski team um, in person. Sometimes it's just not possible. And to have material online and recorded that we can present when we can't be there in person is, is really important. Yeah, it's definitely the balance. And I know in kind of all aspects of business and education, I think we're we're all learning that uh, while online is good, it creates accessibility. You know, the, the, there's no real substitution for you know in person, and we find that in business as well. We have uh, all employee meetings where you know half the people are in person and half the people are on the virtual screen, and the people that are in person, you know, when the meeting's over, you can you can network and and, and things like that. But it's great that you're that uh, you're using both uh, modalities. So um, I noticed on the website that uh, we seem to have had, you know, uh, 23 or so avalanche deaths um, in 2023. So obviously the process needs to continue. So what what are your goals and aspirations, both short-term and long-term? I, I assume one of which is to you know, educate everybody, but also to, you know, basically eliminate avalanche deaths. That's right. One of our um, avalanche professionals is, is dedicated to bringing the number down to zero. And, you know, that'll be something that will have to do with education, spreading education. But there's a huge factor that um, isn't highly publicized. It's the human factor that we're all people. We love to go out and meet a, a challenge in nature uh, danger lures us in, and snow is definitely uh, being on snow is addictive to us skiers. We just love it. We want to when we know how to ski, we want to be on more. So that human element is something that will be hard to bring down uh, to allow us to bring the numbers down to zero. 
but we can always try and our education is incorporating a lot more of the human factors so people can be more aware of how their thinking may lead them into trouble. And I'm one of those ski fanatics, so I can relate. I mean, if you're a skier, um, you can absolutely smile and relate to what Cindy is saying. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, my wife is not a skier, though she's a fabulous athlete. She's qualified for Boston. She's a snowshoer. She cross-country skis, but downhill speed skiing is not her thing. But those of us that do that, you know, we're, you know, it's, it's addicting in a, in a positive way. Even this year with, a, you know, with the lack of snow, I've been out uh, to Sunapee on the two trails that, you know, that are, cur that are currently open. So that's why I think your aspirations and goals are so important because people are going to always take it to the next level. Now, we all know that, you know, there are all sorts of signs that say this is, you know, don't ski if it's not a mark trail but we talked about this last year when i had you on um i've skied at various places i very rarely see any signage you know that uh, informs about you know the potential of avalanche and i know i had my son um brian raffio who skis at a basin and breckenridge in that area he does he does avalanche patrol and dynamites and all that stuff so i had him watch watch that video but even out there when i'm out there i, I don't see a lot of signs so what how how can brass kind of further that sort of public public awareness well <clears throat> that is actually an area that we are um is strong for us because we don't represent any particular region all the avalanche centers in the u.s are very um you know, absorbed in providing avalanche education and, and uh, forecasts for their own area. But this is really an advocacy issue um, to make sure all ski resorts have signs when you go exit the, uh, the parameters of the ski resort in the U.S. and in Canada. That's pretty clearly done in the U.S. and Canada. There's still people that look at those signs that say, danger, you might die. And they say, oh, that sounds like my type of place to go. So they meet the challenge. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But in Europe, there is definitely a lack of signage um, because there is no um, there are no boundaries to the ski resorts often. Uh, and they only protect on the groomed trails. So if you go to Solden, Austria, you're only safe if you stay exactly on the groomed trails. And of course, you go there to ski powder, but the sign, there's no signage at the bottom of the ski resort saying you are only safe when you're on the groomed trails. They don't warn you. They don't tell you the, the, um, the, the uh, avalanche mitigation practices. So that's something that we're really interested in, in for pursuing. Boy, Cindy, taking uh, this and furthering, it's amazing, Jay. Um, don't you think this is su such a great public service? I do. Awareness for something like this, for sure, because people that do love to ski, you know, you got to be safe with it, too. It's going to be a very dangerous sport. Especially us New Englanders. Especially us New Englanders. Absolutely. <laughs> exposed to hey, Jay, I, I took a tumble at Sunapee, um, and I, I literally thought I broke my hip. I have a black and blue on my left hip the size of, uh, I don't know, 
a window. So <laughs> I, I get it, but I'm still going out there. <laughs> and that's why we need Cindy. So absolutely. Okay. why don't you give out the website and we'll do the second half. Okay. Cindy Burlack is the chairperson and co-founder of Brass Avalanche. She's the guest this week on Northeast Delta Dental Radio. Go to brassavalanche.org for more information. We're going to take a short break and then come right back with Cindy Burlack, chairperson and co-founder of Brass Avalanche here on Northeast Delta Dental Radio here on the Pulse of New Hampshire. This is the Pulse of New Hampshire. I am J-Dog and joining me alongside Tom Raffio, president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental and the host of Northeast Delta Dental Radio. Tom Raffio is Cindy Burlack. She is the chairperson and co-founder of Brass Avalanche. And you can log on to brassavalanche.org. You can also donate, by the way, when you're on there and talking about ski safety and a whole lot more. So I will let you both uh, talk about uh, Brass Avalanche and skiing as well. Thanks, Jake. Well, let's start there, Cindy, because obviously I have a one of my favorite expressions is no money, no mission. I mean, this is an obviously compelling mission, as are other missions that are out there, food insecurity, et cetera. But obviously, you need funding to get to get the word out. So, so your your website is brassavalancheoneword.org. So, can, people can donate. Are there other ways that you that uh, you raise funds? And of course, I know you're putting a lot of your own sweat equity in this and your own personal funds. I bet too. Yeah, I, uh, definitely on the website is the, the most direct way and all that money goes directly into our programs. And um, we really appreciate any small donation. It helps helps us move our, our, our mission along. But also just looking at the website and taking those courses, watching a course for an hour, talking about it, Avalanche Danger with your friends as your ski even here in New Hampshire, you know, because as I said, it's really important to, um, once you have a taste for being on the snow, that you will seek more snow. And so it's important that you keep avalanche safety in mind. Again, I like the way you put that. You keep you keep seeking the additional snow until you get to a certain, not, now I think I'm seeking less speed, but, but in any event, as I get older, but I think you make such a good point. And, and, and you mentioned earlier, cause obviously they were on the U.S. ski team. So one would think that they had probably compared to the general public, more education when it comes to the, you know the dangers and pitfalls of uh, of uh, of skiing. So, do you, do you think the U.S. ski team is doing a better job of educating their elite athletes as well? Well, yeah, they are definitely doing a better job. Um, we started this in 2017, and we ran up against some resistance in the um, upper levels of U.S. Ski and Snowboard to present these programs to the athletes and coaches. But now there's a new um, group of, of people in charge, and they've been much more welcoming of our programs. Of course, from our point of view, it's never enough. You know, and also our avalanche specialists are saying this, that high, you know, more education is necessary. So we're still working with them and, and really initiating more programs, wanting to have more solid repetition of the programs and cover all of the athletes, um, no matter what discipline. And you said 
your wife goes out cross-country skiing. Well, we want to educate the cross-country team also because those athletes and people like your wife who love cross-country will, they could wander off into an area where they're, where it's attached to some steeper snow and the snow could slide. So that's one of the aspects of avalanches. That's, that's, uh, that's really an excellent point. I know that the 2023-2024 season is underway, but you know, obviously, just really started. Can you tell um, if you're making a difference? And are there uh, statistics, metrics on, you know, avalanche deaths, um, number of avalanches it, in in them of themselves? Is that data tracked? There are great holes in that data. <laughs> Basically, there's a lot that isn't reported. Um, and with global warming, I, I'm pretty sure that there are more avalanches because the moisture and the composition of the snow is changing. But I, it's very hard to track what doesn't happen. There's no way to quantify how many people almost got into an avalanche, but they knew our information or any avalanche safety information. So they didn't partake in that that run. So it, it is uh, something that we can't really uh, quantify and, and say that we've saved so many lives. But people are talking about it so much more in the ski racing environment. Um, I was at a ski race yesterday and uh, there were a lot of competitors who recognized the brass logo and uh, a lot of the young athletes are very interested in learning more. Uh, so I do feel as though we're making progress. It's much more in the everyday conversation is avalanche safety. That's great. If you get the, uh, the young athletes recognizing your logo, um, m might have to hire you for the Delta Dental marketing team. <laughs> <laughs> That, that, that's terrific. What do you think um, resorts, so, the, so the, the people listening to us generally will, won't be necessarily elite skiers, although where we broadcast everywhere, but let's target the audience to the people that, you know, may go to Sunday River a couple times a year, um, resorts like that. What could resorts do better in terms of communicating avalanche danger? Well, it's hard to impose on the ski areas in the east because there, in general, is not avalanche danger at our ski resorts. But it would be very helpful, any resort out, out west that's contiguous to avalanche safety, avalanche danger terrain, uh, it would be great if there were was more visibility of uh, signs to telling you to go to the avalanche forecast um, wait, places to check your beacon. A lot of the people out, out west carry the beacon that's part of the avalanche safety uh, equipment, standard equipment. It's a reflector that if you are buried in the snow, um, so another beacon can under can uh, track you. So if you are buried, they, they're able to find you in order to dig you out. So many lives have been saved with that. But it is uh, would be great, especially in Europe, to have signs at the ski resorts, at the ticket booth, check the avalanche uh, forecast, and also publicizing the, um, the avalanche mitigation practices, meaning the practices of protecting the, the public from avalanches. In Solden, Austria, in all of Europe, they only protect on the groomed trails. So that would be really good information. A lot of visitors don't know that. Have it on the website. And I think it should be done out west 
also so people get used to seeing what the mitigation practices are in each place. So you're, you're a world traveler. You've been to lots of places. Are you seeing the last few years? I know we still have a long way to go, but are you seeing a little more in terms of signage? I mean, you mentioned that people are talking about talking about it more and they, they recognize your logo, but just empirically, does it seem like there's a little bit more signage about it? You know, I really haven't been over in Europe skiing recently, but I did notice, I went to the International Snow Science Workshop in Bend, Oregon this fall, and I had a presentation about snow, exactly that, avalanche uh, warning signs. And you Google it, and they're like 300 that come up. And my feeling is find one that's effective, that bypasses the language barriers, and have that be the standard avalanche danger sign. So wherever you travel, you see that sign and you know that it's it's avalanche danger. Whereas now you might go to a new country, they might have a sign if of avalanche danger, but you can't understand it or you, it's not what you've seen before. That's a great point. It's like the uh, some some very visual road signs we have. You know, do not enter. You know, we we know that what you know what what it means. That's great. So. Um, you know, I know this information will be on your website, brassavalanche.org, and I, I encourage people to look at the 13-minute film. It's it's well worth it, uh, particular, you know, if, particularly if you're a skier, if your kids ski. Again, I had my son, Brian, um, who likes to be a daredevil, uh, watch that. But off the top of your head, what are your sort of five top recommendations to skiers everywhere so they can avoid a potential disaster? Well, if you are going to travel to an area where there is avalanche danger outside of the of North America, track and, and watch the avalanche forecast for a few days before you go. So you get used to reading it, you know where it is, and make sure you have it in English. So the avalanches are really formed over a series of days. So it's important to get used to what's happening in the snow there. So that's that's one thing. Um, be familiar with the Avalanche uh, Warning Center that puts out the forecast. Look at their website, see what they say. Um, and, and also just reading the forecast, again, uh, just to get used to the terminology and um, the icons. There are a bunch of uh, diagrams on those forecasts, which are really important to see. Um, I would say take one of our webinars that's on our website. If you're going to a place that has avalanche danger, either within the boundaries of the resort in Europe or contiguous to the boundaries if you're going to out west. Um, so you have the basic knowledge of what to look for. And one of the elements you look for is, um, you know, signs of avalanches. If you see places that are um, fall where the snow is sliding around you, you know that the conditions are ripe for avalanches. All right. So, so there's some um, there's some common sense. There's some um, be aware of your surroundings, but there's also some data that people should look at at brassavalanche.org. Cindy, you do you're doing such a mitzvah, such a good deed for society. We really. Uh, appreciate it. And we'll have you again next year. And hopefully next year, uh, when we look at the stats, instead of there being, you know, 23 avalanche deaths, there'll be maybe three or fewer. Um, that would be our, that would be my smart goal for, for the year. So Jay, I'll turn it over to you to do the website and send our exit greetings. You got it. Thank you, Tom. Yes. Uh, 
BrassAvalanche.org. That is the website, BrassAvalanche.org. All kinds of information there. You can donate as well. <clears throat> There's a donate button there, uh, videos as well. BrassAvalanche.org. Cindy Burlack is the chairperson and co-founder of Brass Avalanche. And this edition of Northeast Delta Dental is wrapping up for now. We'll have another one next time here on the Pulse of New Hampshire. So for Cindy Burlack, as well as Tom Raffio, president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental and the host of Northeast Delta Dental Radio, I'm j Dog. We'll be back with another edition of Northeast Delta Dental Radio next time here on the Pulse of New Hampshire.